Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Let's rank the PWI 500 rankings. It sort of works. I am Luco in DAD. This is Tempest, your jam that champion. We are two thirds of the Blackpool Content Club once again without Pete here. Bloody Claudio once again. One day we'll have a show with all three of us on this panel again. Maybe it'll be next week. Maybe. Because this is a week where uh, Pete is unfortunately unwell. Uh, so he is at home recuperating. So it is just the two of us today um, tackling what should be a fairly fun little topic. Maybe I'd we'll, like to think so. Maybe we'll talk about some other things as well. But we're going to be looking at the PWI 500 and deciding whether or not this arbitrary list of fakeness. And actually, like, <laughs> should we just get into a bit of a discussion about the list itself? Yes, please. I hate it when it comes out. Yeah. Because it 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 starts up uh, an awful conversation um, around people. Like there are people who get really angry about it. There are people that get very snarky about it, and then there are the people that are just like, guys, it's just a, a fake list of fakeness. But there are those who don't know that it's a list that's kind of based on like win loss records. It's a kayfabe. List. It's a kayfabe list. But I think some people treat it as like it's a real life list. But then you get into this argument of the people who treat it as a real life list and those that are then snarky about the fact that they know it's a kayfabe list and then start dogging on the people that don't know it's a kayfabe list. And it just creates this awful, awful thing. And then it comes into the tribalism aspect of it, where if it's a WWE guy that's top of the list, like it was this year, it's like a, oh, AEW's dead, no AEW, blah, blah, blah. If it's an AEW guy, then the WWE marks get really upset about that and the AEW smarks get really Angry, like angry at them because our guy won and it just creates this awful like i hate this 24 hour period 48 hour period where the list comes out i love the part where everybody dogs on dave Meltzer for his opinions <laughs> of it despite not being involved in the list at all and it happens every single year. It's it, well, it's the five star argument, isn't it? It's it's the Dave Meltzer star rating system. Mm -hmm. It's like there are people who really get angry at Meltzer rating matches 
And if you don't agree with a Meltzer rating or like, you know, I I really dislike the well, if it was in the Tokyo Dome. I like, believe like, it's been for like five years and it's still plus, getting that. It is, I, I think it's more towards seven years at it this probably, point that we've yeah. been having that argument. Because, I think it really kicked off with like Omega Okada. Yeah. Well, I think that's where it like really took off because I think that's when people took notice of like, oh, I broke the scale. Everyone was in the Tokyo Dome. It's a Pritchard but, thing. Yeah, like, it, It's a Pritchard argument of like, well, if it was in the Tokyo Dome, then it would have been, and then people just run with that. And I still get it to this day. I saw it this week. Yeah, I get it to this day. People being like, man, if that was in the Tokyo Dome, it would have got this. Or, you know, if I say something, he was like, well, if that was in the Tokyo Dome, and it kind of just uses this sort of catch thing i think mostly people now do it out of like isn't this a very silly thing to say i would hope but, but there I are i think you're also giving twitter a lot of credit that's because i mean there was a guy at dynamite today who was front row and sure was he he sure was mm-hmm. he sure sure was you'll know who we're talking about uh but yeah this is the dave Meltzer starring like i you know i i will listen to what dave has to say dave has watched way more wrestling than anybody else on this planet mm-hmm. including those who wrestle yeah and i think he's probably got a fairly good grasp of like what is good and what constitutes as good but also at the same day it's his opinion yeah that doofus gave like Miz versus shane mcmahon one and a half stars of their wrestlemania match when we know full well that is a five star classic mr Meltzer. I'll give you the jackass match. It's a five star. I don't. I'm not. I'm not giving you that. He one. fell on top of a golf cart. Tempest. It was hilarious. I don't even remember that. <laughs> I remember the big finish off the top of the thing and, and, Miz, and dad. dad but yeah, that, that's it. Oh, no, I tremendous. mean not to make this whole conversation a conversation about Dave and his star ratings. But I think I look at the star ratings the appropriate way, in which I see because I can't watch all the wrestling that I want to watch. I'll no, check. no one can. No one can. The only reason Dave gets is because Dave doesn't sleep. <laughs> but I'll look at the Observer, and I'll check through the star ratings, and the same way that I'll look at movie reviews and be like, oh, that one got positive score. Maybe I'll check that one out. If a match gets, like, four stars or better, I'll be like, that's a match to watch. That got that five stars. That should definitely be on my watch list. It's not... No, oh, it's gotta be five stars. It's a perfect match. He has the authority to say that overall wrestling. No, that's not how it works. It's one dude's opinion. But... The the Venn diagram of people who hate the Dave Meltzer star rating system and the people who get angry that Dave doesn't give a match five stars is a circle. Absolutely, it is an absolute circle because we do every year on um I can't remember what oh, BFK goes on now, isn't it? Like uh, every Dave Meltzer five star rated match or above, and there are people who get so angry at us for doing this. Because it's like, why are we put so much stock in this one man's opinion? Bada bada ba. However, if like a match they love doesn't get five stars, they'll be the first people to be like, well, why didn't this get five stars in the observer? And I shout out to Louis Dangor. It's totally <laughs> unrelated. King of terrible Twitter takes. Uh I um I mean I actually got this in the actually good series that I did briefly on uh of course. Fun Known. And I did it as a joke. Like, I am going to scientifically work out if someone is good by using Dave Meltzer's star rating systems. It's, it's, it's math. But I was doing it as science because I thought that was a funnier way of doing it. Finally admits that it's math. <laughs> People got so angry at me for doing it. I was like, oh, I'm doubling down on this now. And I'm going to highlight even more that it's not maths and it's science. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with maths. It's numbers and adding up. That's science. And then you'd be like, no, we need to like, this is the most scientific way possible. Because I thought it was funnier to do it that way i think the the level-headed people of the world agree with you well you know some some may do Mm -hmm. 
And I like those people. And I like every people, really. So let, let's look at the, the PWI 500 here. Chapter list. Because like, what I like... So, I, okay, so to kind of not backpedal on what I said earlier, I hate this period when it comes out because it is it just creates awful discourse online. And it's yeah. just like... And, and that's that's one of my least favorite things about wrestling is awful discourse and, and terrible takes. That is Twitter in a nutshell. It is Twitter in a nutshell, Louis. But however, like this, I, I kind of like the PW500 list because it is this wonderful kayfabe list that looks at people's accolades and win-loss records. And it puts together essentially who are the best wrestlers on the planet in this make-believe world mm -hmm. that we watch and buy into every week. It th I think that has a lot of uh, positive aspects to it. My favorite part of it is just, you get beyond like maybe say the top 50 names on the list and everyone else there is probably a guy or gal that 95% of wrestling Twitter never hears about. And if you want to look through the 500 people on that list, you can see all the different people who are doing really great things in wrestling. Pick a random name out of a hat, like Kevin Blackwood, having great matches on AEW Dark, having great matches on the indies. I got to commentate one of his matches this year. Great guy. He's on that list. And maybe now because of that, he will get a little bit of more notoriety. Maybe somebody that isn't familiar with his work will check him out. And I think that's a great use of a list like this. He is, in fact, 289 on the list. Good for you, Kevin. And it's funny, so like, I was going through like the list, and I was like scrolling, and like you suddenly realize 500 is a lot of That's names. a lot of wrestlers. <laughs> I was like reading people's reviews a bit on Reddit. I was like, I got to about 101, <laughs> and I just sort of stopped. I just started scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. It is a lot of names on there. Uh, but fun in fact, he is one place below Pete Dunne. That's insane that's a great accolade to have I will it's also a real indictment of what they've done with people <laughs> i know right because hey brian cage there 250 well done you just brian keith love brian keith another great wrestler saw him at wrestlepalooza look at brian cage just slightly below madcap moss hey el fantasmo is higher than madcap moss I'm, I'm very pleased with that uh so should we look at the top 10 yes i think that's where the bulk of this conversation will likely come from because I've, I've got one other big point I would like to make, mm -hmm. and I will need to double check this as I sort of like, you know, scrolling through, because this does include men and women, because I can see like Masha Slamovich is there, and I know that it's like Session Moth Martina is, is mm -hmm. on the list. Trisha well. Dora, I believe, is the highest ranked. Is she the highest one? That was yeah. going to be my, my question. Uh, but anyway, the number 10 is, in at number 10, Jonathan Gresham, former Ring of Honor champion, most likely got it because he was Ring of Honor champion for quite some time. Because like the other side of this as well is there's a certain period that they look at. Mm -hmm. it's July to the 2021 through to June 2022. Yeah. Because there were a lot of people that didn't know why Moxley wasn't in the list. Oh, I still don't quite understand. But I, I mean, he's undefeated, but also he won that. When did he win the interim title? It's like right at the end of the period there. That's it. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think you can kind of finagle around with this list. You know, and not to just get into the Moxley discussion, but I mean, like, Brian Danielson is on the list, and Moxley, as, from that period, did about as much as Brian Danielson did, and also beat him on pay-per-view. He beat him on pay-per-view, and, like, Danielson lost, uh, what, one title match and drew another one, so, like, mm. Moxley should indeed be higher than him by PWI's own rulings, yeah. but I think some people were like, 
he was champion, like, and he was this and the other, but it wasn't in the, the period of yeah. time. Like, I, if maybe it will do better for him next year, like, I think he'll end up being ranked higher next year. I, I would almost certainly because think he so. had a great interim run, the pinned uh, Punk in under like two minutes, and then might he also be world champion come next week? Like, who knows? Um, so yes, Jonathan Gresham in at number 10. I think, again, a lot goes into if you hold a belt for a good chunk of this period, you will get a lot of bonus points. Even if it's a belt that doesn't really have a home for a good chunk of it. Yeah. You know, he was still going and defending that title on different shows and getting eyes put back on the Ring of Honor World Championship, even if I think a good amount of people maybe didn't know those matches were taking place. Again, that's what this list is for, is to draw attention to that. And unfortunately, you know, we don't really know what the future of Jonathan Gresham is at this exact moment, but he's one of the most talented wrestlers in the world. He's incredible. I think he would have been a perfect choice for a Ring of Honor World Champion. I think he should have been Ring of Honor World Champion far earlier than he ended up being, but I don't really have a problem with him at number 10. And like you mentioned there, that if you hold a championship for a, a period of time, particularly if it's a period that you know they they cover, it's going to put you in big good standing. For example, at number nine is Big E, right? Because he was WWE champion for like the latter part of last year, and he beat Bobby Lashley and and things like that. You know, had matches with Roman Reigns, and he was champion from Raw from like when did he win it? September, September until January, January, like yeah. January first, because yeah. then he dropped it to to. Brock Lesnar. Oh, Brock Lesnar, of course it was. I was trying to work out if it was Brock or Lashley. Yeah. And I forgot that Lashley was WWE champion this year yep. for like a hot cup of coffee. And then Brock won it again. Rumble to the chamber. Be because he got taken out of the chamber match in that weird, like, oh, he got injured or something. Still waiting for that guy <laughs> to get his rematch. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. It's it's a mess. But I'm, I'm really pleased for Big E. Like, it's a really nice, like, accolade to be able to say, like, I was in the top 10 of the yeah. PWI. Because it's a lot of wrestlers. Yeah. It's 500 names and on top of all the wrestlers that weren't in the 500 so it's a really really nice accomplishment for him uh i always always butcher the pronunciation of number eight so i will apologize for this el hijo del see i my i didn't learn spanish at school mm -hmm. uh i didn't meet a spanish person until denise salcedo like basically is like my mm -hmm. I, I i never had any spanish friends at school i didn't have any spanish friends at university so i've never been around the, the Spanish language, mm -hmm. so I'm really bad at it. <laughs> Put me in German. German I can read. French yeah. I can more or less get through because I at least did those up briefly at school. Spanish I'm a blues clue though. So can you help me here? Mm -hmm. El Hijo del Vikingo. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I mean, th and actually, this is to your point, a name that you may see crop up on Twitter every now and again, but for the most part, I would why, the wider wrestling world only knows perhaps only knows of him through clips right rather than like full matches he is a human highlight reel yeah it's kind of like what osprey and ricochet were like mm -hmm. back in the day so like that 2016 yeah. 2015 period of of will and rick's career where they were just like you would just see gifts of them on twitter or you would just hear about like the amazing matches that they were doing yeah it's kind of like the the sort of the space that he now occupies i think there are a lot of parallels to draw there i think that right when aew was getting started like in 2019 and whatnot there was a match that el hijo del vikingo had with uh i forget his full name but it's uh it's cavernario and that was probably the most like mind-blowing wrestling experience that i probably to this point have ever had like them them two just having a lucha match 
in 2019 per like this era's standards. And it was absolutely unbelievable. And there were a lot of people at the time saying, you got to just put that match on dynamite, have that be like your, this version of like Pillman and Liger blowing people's minds with Mm -hmm. an early nitro. That same sort of feeling I thought could have been really beneficial for AEW. And I think there might've been like visa issues and that sort of thing. I'm not sure if Vikingo can really work as much in the United States and that might be an obstacle, but he is fantastic. I tweeted yesterday just saying in terms of people doing things that you will genuinely have never seen before, he is the top of the food chain. He is the best at that style of wrestling. If you watch him for a minute in a highlight reel on Twitter, you'll you'll have your mind blown. And if you watch him in a full match, you're have you'll, you're going to have your mind blown again. He's absolutely unreal. Uh, number seven is Brian Danielson. And I think, so this probably is where the Moxley conversation comes in as to like right. who should have taken this spot because like Danielson had a very, he had a great end of last year. Mm-hmm. Like when he jumped across to AEW in September, yeah. uh, had, you know, but at the time limit draw with Kenny, like I'm looking at this from a kayfabe standpoint. Yeah. He ended up being very high up on wrestler of the year, I think uh, on the WrestleTalk podcast, because he just got so many votes in from that second half of the year, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like he had a really good stretch to be like, oh, I'm going to be wrestler of the year, by the way. Yeah. And he only got put to the post. I think Kenny won last year. Um, but like you know he had a time limit draw with kenny he had a time limit draw with page he lost page in the rematch that they had did mm. they, they did three matches in the end didn't they uh no well they have now they have sorry they have now yeah, yeah. which obviously wouldn't have been counted but he lost that one and then you're right lost to moxley on, on pay-per-view as well and they would have included double or nothing and he was the one that lost there yeah so it is weird that he's the guy that got into the number seven position and Moxley didn't. Yeah, of the ones, obviously, I'm not going to take anything away from the talent of Brian Danielson. I think no it, one, it, no <laughs> one can, no one should. I think any given year, if if you're not going strictly based off of PWI's criteria, I think you could all, always make an argument that Brian Danielson should be in the top ten wrestlers of the year. Oh yeah, that's totally fair and that's totally fine. But I really don't see what kayfabe accomplishments he had in the last 12 months to merit a spot on the PWI list, especially at number seven. Because, again, like, no championships. Yeah, like, higher than Big E, who is WWE champion, higher than Gresham, who is Ring of Honor champion. He didn't really win a whole lot. Like, he won the Eliminator tournament and beat Miro in the finals, and... I guess there's something to that, but otherwise, I really don't, yeah, I really don't, uh, I don't see the justification for this one. Outside of, he is one of the best wrestlers on the planet. But then, like, then that sort of brings into question of what is PWI actually looking at? Because the whole point of it is meant to be a win-loss thing, and yet here he is ranking higher than someone who probably should have been that based on their own criteria. Yeah, and maybe you factor in things like, Well, his debut in AEW was a really huge moment, and that took place during that year period. You know, like, again, it's really big. You could argue that All Out 2021 is, like, the best pay-per-view ever, or at least AEW's best pay-per-view ever, and he was a big part of that. His debut was a huge moment that contributed to the success of that show. But I'm not seeing, like, the kayfabe success and winning part of it. Yeah. And 
I don't know. Again, it's it's an arbitrary list. It doesn't really matter. But that is the one where it's like, okay, but that one doesn't make as much sense as the others. Because I feel like the rest of the list sort of does. Yeah. You know, uh, Cody Rhodes at number six mm-hmm. won the TNT Championship. I think twice, like in that period of time. Uh yeah. No. He... Did he drop the belt and then pick it back up off of Sammy as well? I think he, well, he won it off of Sammy. Yeah. And then they did the interim deal. That's right. Because he couldn't were... defend it. Right. Did he lose the championship? Right. I let's don't... have a look. I'm going to do Reigns here. Maybe he did. So Cody Rhodes won it in December. Then Sammy won the interim belt. Then Sammy won it on the January 26th episode. And that was Cody. That was the latter match. So he only did, he only won it once in that period of time. He had it from December. Basically had it for a month. Yeah. So, held a title. Yeah. Had a great match mm-hmm. with Sammy Guevara to lose said title. But it's actually going to cross the WWE and then essentially never losing. Never losing in WWE, having a big win over a main event guy at WrestleMania mm-hmm. also gains a lot of points in this then won, situation. One again at WrestleMania Backlash, one again at Hell in a Cell. In me, well, it's difficult now. There have been a lot of really good WWE matches. But at the time, there were a lot of people saying, well, there's WWE's match of the year. And you win that match in the form and, and manner that Cody Rhodes did win that match. And yeah, I can see it. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I may need to go back and look at the card, but like, I swear it's in the conversation for top five, like matches of, over WrestleMania weekend, but it ain't a blip on Bel Air Lynch for me. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about the Hell in a Cell match. Oh, Hell in a Cell. Oh, right. Sorry, I thought it was about the Mania match. No, I, I thought that, that was like... That Hell in a Cell yeah. match was like, I think certainly from the spectacle aspect of it, of yeah. like a man with a torn boob going in there mm-hmm. and just like tearing it down. It's still the house the down most, as well as his tit. One of the most unbelievable wrestling performances I've ever seen. Yeah, it was really, really special. Uh, who is next? It is Bobby Lashley at number five. Again, WWE champion twice in mm-hmm. the period of time where they would have been looking at. Uh, and a, a dominant run he had through a lot of it as well. Yeah. And I'm, US champion. And US champion. A guy who's just kind of been attached to a belt for one reason or another throughout a lot of that. And again, if you're just going to look at, hey, he was the champion in the top promotion in the world. That is the criteria that they're looking at. I can't really look back at many of Bobby Lashley's moments over the last year and thought, hey, that was like the really big, cool moment. But again, that's not what they're looking at. I think yeah. a lot of the the big Bobby Lashley moments to me came earlier than that, like when he won his first championship, then defended it against Drew at WrestleMania. Those to me were bigger. And if his match with Brock Lesnar had kind of lived up to that hype a little bit more and not just been a vehicle to do whatever they wanted to do with Brock and Roman and the Royal Rumble and whatnot, I think I would really agree with that spot a little bit more. But again, I'm not going to argue with it. I think really, if you had just swapped out Moxley for Danielson, I wouldn't have a single problem with the top 10. Yeah, well, I mean, I may have... So number four is Hangman Adam Page. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I have a slight pause on that is there's kenny omega now omega like from june through to november which is when he would have taken his time off he was aew champion throughout Mm -hmm. that period of time and was not he was pinned once because he got pinned by christian for the impact title but apart from that undefeated in that sense and was champion for a long stretch of time but then didn't wrestle between november and july or june rather which would have been you know the, the, the cutoff point for here so I guess that's why Omega doesn't end up in the top 10. Page, on the other hand, did wrestle throughout that and won a bunch of his matches yeah. and won the title in that period of time, but was only champ for a, sh- a small chunk of it. 
Uh, it was about like a six month period of it. Yeah, yeah it was November, so November to November May. May. Or early June, I would yeah, suppose. I suppose that is six months, yeah. yeah. It, f- it felt shorter, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I don't know had, what it was about well, Paige's He had, he had two big matches against Danielson. He had two matches against uh, Cole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was like one against like Dante Martin. And then obviously and, the, uh, Lance Archer. the Lance Archer match. That Lance Archer match ruled as yeah. well. So I guess that that actually justifies Paige in there. Actually, I'll, I'll take back what I said there. It's just like, I was, where is Omega ranked? That is a good question. I look. am not certain kenny omega was ranked number 19 uh behind adam cole and ahead of drew mcintyre and moose two shout steps, out to moose two steps below seth rollins uh yeah again uh, that's a big uh, fall from as well because he was number one last year right <laughs> but you know he missed a good period of chunk the 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 we if you if you here. miss seven months of the uh of the 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 voting period and then still make it to 19, I'd say that you probably had a pretty good five months before you left, and he certainly did. Mm. I mean, I, I still think that Kenny Omega is probably the best AEW world champion to date. Yes, I... If not, like, if not, then you just have a really fun argument because all of them were really great to a point. Yeah. And, yeah, his reign leading into that Hangman Page feud and the eventual dropping of the title at full gear, I think was fantastic. And I think it justifies him being as high up as he is. And if he, of course, if he didn't get hurt, who knows what the last year of AEW programming could have been. Yeah, and I'm actually curious when it comes to our end of year awards this year, because Omega's won the last two, Mm -hmm. uh, rightly so as well. I'm so curious what's going on because he hasn't wrestled much this year. He's had one match, like three matches this year, basically. He had three trios matches. And now he's suspended. We don't know when he's going to be back. He's taken off all the promotional stuff for full gear, which might suggest he's not back by full gear time, mm-hmm. which means I don't think he's going to get a hell of a... I think he's getting any nominations. I would, I'd have, be a, I, would be, I would be really surprised. I'd be stunned if he's in our top 10. Yeah, I think he will get a handful of votes, maybe some one-point votes, but I, there's no way he's in the top 10 this year. I don't know how you can justify it if he's only had like three matches. Now, keep in mind, they were three great matches. You know, I'm not going to take anything away from Kenny Omega's performances, but you need a bigger body of work to be able to justify that kind of uh, that kind of support in the voting. He may end up with a um, best match. Mm-hmm. Like if people really like the trios match of all out, which I loved, I thought it was a tremendous match. Like I maybe, well. maybe he'll get in through that, or maybe you know, like the elite versus Aussie uh, against um, United Empire. Like mm-hmm. maybe that will get some votes. Then that's the only way Kenny's getting on our list at the end of this year. What a what a weird feeling that's going to be it's going be through the so best weird. of list at the end of the year and not talking about Kenny Omega. Yeah, do you know what? And I don't think the Bucks are going to be on there either. And like the Bucks are always like in the best match category. Like I think they've also won the last two years of match of the year. Uh, yeah, I, I believe they I have. Don't think they're going to get a match of the year. Can- I don't think they're going to get. I don't think they're winning match of the year this year. No, I, I would can't think, think of one that would not. stand out. There might be some that would get votes, like if people FTR. like their FTR yeah, match. FTR too, I guess. They had an votes. they had a really great match with the Lucha Brothers on TV that got five stars. <laughs> but yeah, they don't have like the define the year defining performance that they had had the previous two years, yeah. both, both with the Omega Page tag at Revolution, and then with the crazy steel cage match with the Lucha Brothers at All Out. Yeah. We don't have that. We don't have that this year. And again, maybe they won't have another shot at having one of those matches by year's end. Could be. It's going to be very interesting to look at this year's list. Sure will. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash boast. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Number three is CM Punk. Now, won the title right at the basically the end of the, the voting pattern, but had only been pinned once on TV, yep. well, technically twice on TV, I suppose, by, by MJF, if you want to go by those standards, uh, and was, like, the huge buy rate. Like, you could argue, responsible for the huge buy rate all out. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, you could argue for Revolution as well, his feud with MJF. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I would put the onus on Page and Omega for the great buy rate for Full Gear. But because uh, I, I mean, as much as people were into Punk Kingston, I think that people were more into Page Omega in yeah. terms of buy rates. But I think you could certainly make the argument for Revolution because his feud with MJF was It was the selling point of the show. Absolutely. And then Double Nothing, him going for the title against um, Hangman Page. Um, but maybe it was Page's promo that... Uh, actually, well, no, maybe Page's promo put that in jeopardy. <laughs> um, so I, I think Punk is like absolutely solid, number three. 100% should have been in the top 10. I 100% agree. Again... There's going to be a lot of revisionist history, and there already has been from a lot of people on Twitter, Lou Dangler, who say, like, <laughs> can we? I, I think we should stop dunking. Up yeah, 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 for sure. It's, it's mostly in good fun. It is. It's in yeah. good faith. It, yeah. But CM Punk had a fantastic year until he got hurt. Yeah. He was having what I considered to be 
the best run of his career. Easily so. Best in terms of long-term storytelling, best in terms of like match quality, even promos. promos. He was a fully formed character with a great run, a great trajectory up the card. He never lost, except for the one time that he did. And you really couldn't ask for much more out of his comeback until the wheels fell off. But thankfully, in terms of this list, you don't really look at what's happened in the last month or two months since he's come back, since he said that promo about Hangman Adam Page, since the AEW presser. None of that's being considered for this. So for this list, I fully agree with number three. I think that's a perfect spot for him. And I think a lot of people on Twitter just kind of do need to chill out about, well, like, well, Punk's the enemy now, so we're going to discount this run that he's had. Yeah. Despite this run actually being great. I was going to say, like, it's it's yeah, for the PWI categories of things and their own rankings, like, it's absolutely should have been top ten. Yeah. Like, he only I, lost once. Yeah. He was a big star, winning all his matches, eventually won a championship. You really can't ask for much more in a kayfabe sense. Exactly, and the huge buy rates that he pulled in as well, and mm -hmm. ratings. Um, and number two, Kazuchika Okada. Uh, yeah. Good to see Okada make the top ten. Always. And it's always nice to see him make number two as well, because we love our boy Okada, uh, even if Randy Atson does check his phone during his matches. Whatever that means, <laughs> Randy Andy Datson, noted watcher of the G1 Climax 2020. Just like I just sat there, and it was Okada and Minoru Suzuki, and I'm like, man, this is so awesome. We get to watch this live and in person. I look over, and there's Andy Datsun on his phone. Sickening, <laughs> what a sickening display. And at number one, and this is pretty inarguable, I I would say, yeah, Roman Reigns. Of course, of course, it is. Like he's been Blue Universal Champion at now at this point for like seven hundred, like actually, well, like massive amounts of massive amounts of days. A two year run at this point, which means in the year periods that they're looking at, not defeated, not been pinned. He's got like a thousand days of like not being pinned or submitted. Like yeah, he hasn't been pinned since uh, TLC twenty nineteen. That's an insane statistic. And he's Universal Champion. He then beat Brock Lesnar to unify those belts at WrestleMania in the main event of Night Two. He, of course, he's number one. Like that's it's inarguable. Yeah, there's like going by PWI's own layouts of stats and rules. There's no way it could have been anyone else. If it had been anyone else, I'd have sort of been like throwing my hands, and being like, "But why? <laughs> why isn't it Roman? <laughs> like it has to be him." Yeah, I mean, he was champion. For the entire year of which they're considering here. No one else was. No one else was. No one else comes close. All sense. the other people we listed had been pinned and submitted. Yeah. I mean, no Roman. <laughs> no. He only sort of lost that match to Xavier Woods, even though WWE will tell you that he didn't. Yeah, and he lost. I think it is uh, listed that he lost via DQ to Seth at um, Royal Rumble. Interesting. I, think, well, I, I will say. That is what Wikipedia says. Yes. So I don't know if like WWE's own listing. In fact, you know what? I might be. I'm going to find out. We're going to find I'm gonna, out. I'm going to find out now because I'm going to go to the source itself. I'm going to go to WWE.com. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to Royal Rumble, mm -hmm. and I'm going to look at results, and I'm going to look at Seth Rollins defeated Roman Reigns via DQ. There you go. 
The one blemish on his win-loss record was that match. Because the Xavier Woods one was uh, no contest, right? Supposedly. Yeah. Despite it absolutely not being <laughs> no contest. But this is, this is a DQ win for Seth. So that is the only loss on Roman Reigns' record. But he didn't get pinned, didn't been submitted. Of course he's number one. I can't even imagine being up in arms that he is. Yeah. I mean, it... Again, from a kayfabe perspective, whether you want to talk about Roman Reigns' body of work over the last year, because I do think that the last 12 months have been a step down character-wise. We did a whole podcast about this. We sure did. That year has been a step down compared to the previous year. 100%. So I could see people looking at that and being a little dis, you know, a little up in arms over oh, well, Roman Reigns' performance wasn't as good this year as the it was the previous year. The character wasn't as good. He hasn't been on TV since WrestleMania very much. True. And totally true. But again, if you're going by the criteria that they're putting forth, I don't think there's an argument here. Yeah, absolutely. The argument I would have, though, because there's some names there. Like, that is a top 10 list. No women there. And I would mm. argue that Becky Lynch... Is Becky not even in the top 500? Yeah, I'm not quite sure how the voting... What they, the f <gasps> Like, why isn't she in the top 10? Like, yeah, I don't understand how they made the decision of which women to include and which ones they didn't. Because there will, there obviously is, like, the PWI women's 100 list. Yeah, because Belair's like, not in the list either. Yeah, like, all of the women that you would kind of expect to be in a high-ranking position on this list aren't yeah so jordan grace is in the list she's number 97 is it a case of ali catches there at one uh 111 which i also think is our favorite number um masha slamovich is in there at 110 i don't know is the, is it the ruling that if you've had uh intergender matches that gets you on the list because you have then competed with the other people that would have been in the 500s. I have no idea. Because, like, Session Moth Martina, I know, is is on this list. Oh, Chris Brooks is at number 154. Good for him. Um, where is she? Where's... Maybe they just didn't include women that were signed to major promotions because then maybe. maybe it would force out a lot of the indie workers. Yeah, because there's Session, Session Moth at 357. Um, maybe that's what it is because, like, so yeah, Thunder Rose is not on the list. Britt Baker isn't on the list, and there must be some ruling that they have that some women are in the top 500. Yeah, but if you are a contracted, say, well, I'm gonna, I'll do a quick Google search. Yeah, it's Why? it's very strange this one, and I don't, I don't quite, I don't know. I'm not. If you, it's very difficult to find where I stand on the inclusion of the women in this list because i do think it's kind of an all or nothing thing yeah i think the way that they've got it now is just more so confusing because again are, are these same women all going to be included in, in the, the 100 100 list which i have to believe that they would yeah i can't believe that jordan grace wouldn't be included in the top 100 women's wrestlers in exactly. the world yep but i'm not sure the need for both in that way i don't know it's very confusing it's very strange to me yeah, and so, so they announced back in 2020 that they were going to uh, include them in. So like, this is what they said two years ago in July. It's like, no arguments here about Bailey, Sasha, and Asuka because they weren't included in the, the 500. Um, thank you for bringing up the topic because it is important. In recent years, we've ranked women exclusively on our women's hundreds. This year, we are changing a bit. Sorry, folks, this is a threat. So maybe there are some rulings here. I'm going straight to the PWI source. Uh, 
Historically, the PWI 500 has overwhelmingly been a men's list. Occasionally, women who excelled against men were ranked. Mm. Jacqueline China, Sarah Del Rey. Not long after the creation of the women's 100, formerly the female 50, the 500 more formally became a men's list. Meanwhile, our annual ranking of the top women's wrestlers addressed the fact that pro wrestling is still largely segregated by gender. Using our traditional criteria, how could we rank Becky Lynch against Seth Rollins when they can't compete against each other in a WWE ring? This challenge is by no means exclusive to WWE. In AEW, Ring of Honor, or the NWA, or even the top promotions in Japan and Mexico, women are unable to challenge men for the top heavyweight titles. Women competing in those places deserve recognition, and yet... This gender segregation is also outdated. Women are winning traditionally male championships in major promotions the world over. Many of the indie wrestling's top stars are women. We've also uh, seen quite a few non-binary and gender-fluid wrestlers make a big impact. Ignoring the achievements of those wrestlers is wrong, but it also seems premature to get rid of the women's 100 list entirely since not everyone is competing for the same proverbial prizes in the ring. So what do we do? Effectively this year, the PW500 will include wrestlers who, regardless of gender, best, best fit a usual criteria, win-loss record, technical ability, influence on the sport, success against the highest grade of competition, success against the most diverse competition, and activity. Then they go on a little bit more. Do you want me to read the rest of it? Uh, I've started, so I'll finish. Uh, this year's PWF 500, so this would be the 2020 into 2021 list, uh, will include wrestlers who excelled against opponents of any gender who held traditionally male or gender-neutral championships. For the first time, multiple women will be included in the list. Frankly, this is long overdue. Women who compete exclusively or almost exclusively in women's divisions promotions won't be ranked in this year's 500, and we include this year's. However, they will be eligible for the women's 100 list. We acknowledge that this is an imperfect system, but it seems to us the most equitable approach for now. Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Asuka will likely be ranked near the top of this year's Women 100. Could they one day rank in the high in the PWI 500? They very well could. Wrestling is evolving, and Pro Wrestling Illustrated will evolve too. Bottom line, we are moving in the direction of a PW500 that is truly gender inclusive. For now, we want to ensure that everyone has a chance to be acknowledged for their accomplishments. We feel that opening up this list in this way is a step in the right direction. That explains that. I apologize for my outburst of why the F is a Becky Lynch included when she should have been. The more you know. The more you know. That's when that is what reading is, my friend. It is. Reading helped me learn there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, because I think, if, and it kind of makes sense as well, because, yeah, Becky's not competing for the Universal Championship. She was women's champion for most of the year and mm -hmm. was, like, undefeated, like, never pinned and stuff. She won against Charlotte at Survivor Series. So she, should, she will rank highly on the women's 100. But there are women who have won major championships in in the men's division bucky o'hare is mm. so i guess that makes sense yeah in a, in a way it's in it, like i i think they're right it's an imperfect system but it's sort of the best you can do in this scenario yeah it's it's interesting i think it it appeases the folks that want to see the lists merged in some way yeah i do think it is an imperfect system because I cause I think you could make the argument of just like just merge the lists together. Yeah, I don't like really they have, see the reason not. They to. have the same goals. Yeah, they have the same level of titles. They have the same like the the criteria for the one hundred is exactly the same as the five hundred. Yeah. So why not just put the women also in the five hundred list? Yeah. 
again, like just based off of the criteria list that they gave when it comes to like diversity of competition and and that sort of thing, I could understand the argument that the diversity of competition is different between a men's list and a women's list if you're having a, a women's wrestler who competes against men and who therefore competes against, you know, both men and women. There's a larger group of, of challengers and, and competition for them to, to compete against. But again, it's just like, well, it's your own criteria. You could just change it. It's a, it's a made-up list of nonsense. Yeah. Like you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. Like we toyed with the idea last year. I, I certainly made the pitch that when we do our wrestler of the year, that we split it and we do male wrestler of the year and female wrestler of the year. Um, the only reason we didn't do that is because it was like I don't know, one too many videos, really. And it was right. just like, and it, I, but I would still like to do it for the end of year awards because whenever we get our nominations back, they're more heavily male skewed and then sort of like we end finance is like one woman will get in there like a, a sasha banks will get in or a becky lynch will get in and i i think actually it's a much better system and a much more representative representative system for us to have separate lists mm -hmm. but in the same way but i don't want to have them as separate lists i think well you know we should be judging them in the same criteria so i i kind of understand it from pwi's perspective there because we've got the own we've got the same internal arguments mm -hmm. Yeah, it again, it's it's difficult. I don't know that there is a right answer. It will just be an answer that will appeal to a certain portion of the crowd. And if this is the version of the list that best suits your needs and wants, then totally fair. Have a ball. I'm glad that you're getting what you you want. It's just it I don't know, it seems clunky. It seems like it's not all the way there as a fully formed concept that again could just evolve, continue to change and maybe then we find the the perfect happy medium. I don't know what exactly that is, but it's not my list to figure out. It's not my no exactly. We've got our own list to figure out yes. instead. Um do you have any wrestlers you want to just re like think of and I'll find out where they they rank? Ooh, I, where is where is Jay White this year? Because uh, Jay White, I saw a I, I lot of people say that Jay White should have been higher than he ended. Uh he is 23 that below is Chris Jericho and Moose. That doesn't make sets to me no now, now i will keep in mind that he did win the iwgp heavyweight championship at the end of the period here because he only won it at dominion in june around the same time that cm punk won his championship but again cm punk's rated a lot higher than jay white is and jay white also had a fantastic year filled with lots of great performances mm -hmm. i believe he was another maybe not that might have been a year before but still he is one of the best in the world, and I think just because there's been less eyes on New Japan Pro Wrestling the last little while, that I think a lot of pe his his standing in lists like this, I think, has been hurt a lot. And if it were my list, he would be higher. Yeah, uh, let's have a look here. Who else just jumps out? AJ Styles at seventy four. Um, one step below Malachi Black at seventy three. Interesting. I suppose AJ, See, AJ hasn't won a belt in a while, though. I yeah, guess. but Malachi Black didn't even compete on TV for half. Of the but he squashed time. Cody. Yeah, like that. I, I bet you that sort of factors into it. In I don't sense. doubt it whatsoever. Yeah. But again, it's just like it—it's a list of five hundred. I'm not going to argue every single person on the list should be higher or lower. I mean, we could do. We could. That would be a much longer <laughs> podcast. Okay, and at number five hundred, <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, some of these are interesting. My my favorite one here though is I think I'm just gonna quickly double check this now. Jay Uso. Sorry, it's spelled Jay Uso correctly. Did you know that Jay Uso's uh ring name in in FCW was Jules Uso? Not really. I learned that yesterday. 
So Jay Uso is one three nine. Jimmy Uso is one four seven. Sami Zayn's eighty four. So when you think about it, he's the second best member of the bloodline. Interesting. That to me is also very curious. Because Sutter's goes four oh one. It's very curious to me how they rate like tag team success. Because the Usos were the tag team champions in WWE for the entire calendar year that they were looking at for this as well, and yet are still not ranked terribly high. And and unified the belts as well. Unified the belts as well. And correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you can search this up, but I don't think Cash Wheeler is on this list. Look, Cash. Yeah, Cash Wheeler is not. I think Dax is. Now, yeah, they, Dax, Dax is 101, but Cash is not on there at all. They have also started doing their, it's a much smaller list, but their list of the best tag teams of the year, which I would assume will come out at, at some point in the near future. But to me, again, that just is now very strange how they consider these things. Because he's won, know? like, they've won all the tank belts. Yeah. Won the Ring of Honor belts. The I, I, IWGP would have fallen out. No, it wouldn't. That would have been just in the in the We're system. Right at the end of it. Yeah, and they've been AAA tag champions for yeah. a hell of a long time. These ranks one place lower than Kyle O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. He's won diddly dick in the last year. Yeah. Not... I don't know. Again, it's not my list. No. And the way that they rank tag teams or tag team, you know, specialist wrestlers, I'm quite perplexed about. Search Dax Harwood real quick. He, uh, I think, think uh, Dax. I just said he was, he's 101. Oh, there you go. Oh, goodness That's, me! Yeah, at least 400 spots higher than Cash Wheeler. Well, I was going to say because Cash, yeah, didn't even make it into the top 500. Wow, it's a real shame for Cash. He's got such lovely hair. Yeah. He's got the best body in all of AEW. Surely that should get him into <laughs> the top 500. It gets him in my 500s. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it is. It's the Peterborough 500. It's a. It's it's both a fun and awful list. Yeah, like it's fun because as wrestling fans, we can talk about this fake sport that is predetermined and treat it like it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like we're treating these like they're like legit statistics, like you would do for football or baseball or American football or this that, and the other. So that's the fun side of it. But then there is also the more questionable side of it, which is like this list doesn't make a whole mess of sense because even by your own criteria, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I can't imagine how difficult it is to put this list together. I I struggle to to think about it. And I've seen Righteous Reg, you know, on, on Twitter, just be like, if you don't like it, make your own list. <laughs> and I think that's totally fair because no, to, rank, is right. <laughs> to rank 500 people, we, I, I wouldn't even bother. I, yeah. I would never try and take on such an endeavor, and I think it would be absolutely ridiculous to to try. So my hat totally goes off to the people at PWI, you know. But at the same time, it it what I like and don't like about the PWI 500 is I like that it spurs discussion. Yep, this is a yeah. fun discussion because you can talk about who actually had a better year, and it doesn't have to be you know it doesn't have wise. to be discourse. It can be discussion. But unfortunately, discourse does come with things like this. And again, I won't necessarily blame PWI for that, because that is just a society problem, it seems like. And I think anything will spur discourse at this point. But I like that there is a chance for us to just sit down and talk about people that we might not get to talk about, like Jay White, who I haven't gotten to talk about since Forbidden Door. El Hijo del Vikingo? Vikingo, yeah. Arr, but Spanish is so bad. There's so many guys and gals on this list 
that are worth knowing and worth watching. And if you read the actual PWI 500 entries where they talk about here are some of the matches, here's what they've accomplished, here's who they've trained by, you get to learn a lot more about people that you wouldn't get a chance to learn about otherwise. And I think that is one of the great strengths of this list. That is the one thing that's kind of lost in this as well. Like you can just go, because I'm, I'm reading this through Reddit. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just, you know, Reddit's got the 500 list, one through 500. But the actual magazine itself, like you're right, like there are, there's a paragraph about each person. Yeah. And I think that is way more interesting. It's like a fascinating little read. Particularly if you are like a numbers person, you yeah. really like this sort of thing. Like I, I, I think it's a, a brilliant little system. However, if I, if I may shoot on PWI one last time, I'm going to do a big old pew 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 shoot. So I may even tag them on Twitter. I'm so angry about this. Uh, because, uh, I've got Chris Brooks here, my boy Chris Brooks at 154, and yet I scroll up to 134, and Happy Corbin's there. Can't be ranking Chris Brooks lo lower by a, a, some distance than Happy Corbin. Hey, who did Happy Corbin ever beat? Who did Happy Corbin ever beat? I, I don't remember his last win. That might be more of an indictment on Happy Corbin than, than his actual win-loss record, but... I'm actually fearing I'm fuming about this now. Yeah. Absolutely Every year fuming. I look at this list and go, Corbin's too high. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the great O'Connor there at 194. One step above Dexter Loomis. That I can stand behind. That I that I, I'm well on board for Great O'Connor over Dexter Loomis. That is a perfect one-two punch of what Tempest doesn't <laughs> like in pro wrestling. <laughs> 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 oh god talk about putting together the worst stable ever yeah <laughs> what a tag team they'd be <laughs> well if they were a tag team maybe they wouldn't get ranked yeah well maybe um but i think you know what we'll, we'll draw this to a close there thank you so much for for watching this edition of the blackpool content club let us know your thoughts on the pwi 500 in the list sorry in the list in the comments below it is a list but use the comments here don't you can make your own list if you want rank our own rankings uh but yeah thank you so much for watching please do check us out next week we're back tomorrow here on the podcast channel tempest and pete who should be back back fighting fit Hope so. He should be back and fighting fit. We'll be able to review SmackDown and Rampage. What's on SmackDown this week? Not a blues clue. Let me find out. Not a not a single clue. Do they announce things beforehand for SmackDown? Yeah, There's I'll, some stuff on Rampage. You've got the um, Josh Woods oh, man, is facing it's a, it's a hell of a Joe. lineup. That, that looks like a lot of fun. Dan Housen, Ethan Page. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got Matt Hardy, Darby Allen, Willow Nightingale's on the show. Yeah, love Willow Nightingale. I know they announced the four way because I. Had a, I dogged on it a little bit in the Raw review to be like, why the hell are the New Day in this when like they they lost the Viking Raiders two weeks ago? Why why is American Alpha in this? Like they haven't won since May. <laughs> <laughs> why I lost the thousand? I literally just watched them lose to Hit Row. Yeah, How many people are winning there are Street Profits. Street Profits. Hit Row won a match, and that's about it. Yeah, why aren't Hit Row in this? Why aren't the Viking Raiders in this? Why aren't teams that are actually winning in this? uh what else have you got that's uh that's just results hold on smackdown deedly d d d d d we've got uh, doesn't appear to be a lot announced for this show there isn't is there come on trips what are you doing uh yeah you got the eight-man tag oh no sorry you got the fatal four-way match i think that's it I think that's all that's been announced. Tune into the SmackDown <laughs> podcast to find out our thoughts on a fatal four-way tag match. I'm sure. It should be good. I'm sure there'll be some carrying cross black and white stuff, and there'll be some Ronda Rousey stuff as well. You know? And maybe I, Happy Corbin will have another maybe. match. Maybe.
I like Ronda Rousey's stuff recently. I think she's been great as of late. Really, really good. Like, she's revitalized under trips. Yeah. It's been amazing. Shout out to that promo that uh, that Adam Pierce put on Twitter, like, a week or two ago, where it's just him reading the lyrics to Forgot About Dre, <laughs> just so he can hit the punchline of, make sure you study a tape of NWA. Yeah. Which was worth it. That's all we've got time for on this edition of the show. Back tomorrow at the SmackDown and Rampage review. Take care, everyone. I've been Luke Cohen, DAD. That has been Tempest, your Jam That Champion. We have been the Blackpool Content Club, two thirds of it. Jam That Jam. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. Shopify.com listen.